You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Hi, this is Jennifer Nicole Stang, and you're listening to the Derek Diamond Experience. This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! And welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience for the week of January 1st, 2015. That's right, it is the start of a brand new year, and happy New Year's Day to everyone out there. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and hopefully you all had a fun and relaxing Christmas, as well as a safe and hopefully very entertaining New Year's Eve. Christmas for me was pretty relaxing. I got to go back home for a few days to visit family do the gift exchange, and all that fun stuff that we've become accustomed to doing on Christmas. And I'm actually using one of the gifts I got at this very second. I got a Zoom H4N recorder, which is going to make doing interviews, especially on location ones, so much easier, because I'm not going to have to carry my laptop, my mixer, and a bunch of cables and all that fun stuff. So I look forward to uh, testing this thing out more. I actually used one back at Fanaticon in November, and it was very easy to use, and it came in very handy. So I, like I said, I look forward to seeing what else this thing can do. And as far as other things, I started listening to this new podcast. I, I guess it's a newer podcast. I believe it started back in October. But I've heard nothing but phenomenal things about this from other shows that I listen to. And I finally checked it out uh, the other day, and it's called Serial. And it's spelled S-E-R-I-A-L. It's by the same group that puts on the this American Life podcast, and it's hosted by the same person called Sarah Koenig, who's also the producer of the show. It basically follows the true story of a murder that happened all the way back in 1999 uh, in Baltimore, Maryland. And it's put together like an old, like, serial radio drama. And I don't know why, but it reminds me of the old Unsolved Mystery show that I used to watch uh, when I was a kid. I can remember watching that on lifetime of all channels at my grandma's house when I was younger where basically they would reenact this uh, this story whether it be like a supernatural story or a murder story where it had little sound bites and legit interviews with people that were involved with this or knew the people involved in it so it, it's a very very good show I highly recommend checking it out I've only listened to uh, two full episodes I've about halfway through the third one. But it's really good. Once you start, you'll get hooked. And I'm probably going to start listening to it again as soon as I finish this open. But other things, um, I watched a movie uh, not too long before I started doing this open. And it's an older movie. And it's actually mentioned, I believe, in the interview that you're about to hear. It's called Rebecca, directed by the great Alfred Hitchcock. And this movie was made back in 1940. And the story of the movie, it's about a, uh, a widower whose wife is killed uh, about a year before the movie takes place, and he marries this, uh, this younger, shy girl. And needless to say, the uh, memory of Rebecca, who is the deceased wife, uh, her memory still holds up with not just her widower, but the, uh, the staff members, I guess you would call them, of the mansion that he lives in. I don't want to give away uh, too much, but I will say it was very well made, very good, uh, great story, great music. It, it, it's definitely a, a classic film, and I haven't watched a classic film in a while, so I, I would recommend checking this out. And Alfred Hitchcock, of course, is great. Uh, you can't really go wrong with any of his stuff, and I actually blame him for my fear of birds when I was a kid. I saw the movie Birds that he did when I was like seven or eight, and for the longest time, I was like genuinely afraid of birds because of that. So thank you, Alfred Hitchcock, for that. But anyway, check out the movie. It was very good. And one last thing before we get to our guest, for those that pay attention to the uh, Facebook and Twitter page of not just the Derek Diamond Experience, but the Nerd Cave Network as a whole, uh, we had to do some feed changes we, when we relaunched our feeds through the new NerdCave network, I created the feeds through this program or a site called FeedBurner. 
And it was great, but at the same time, it wasn't giving us the accurate number of our downloads and our stats. And it would just be very almost schizophrenic like like it would say we had 30 something subscribers in one day then the next day it would jump up to 60 or 70 something then it would go back down into the teens so it it just wasn't very reliable so I had to temporarily remove the feeds from iTunes and re-upload them through a website called PodTrack so if you're listening to this through the website and you were originally subscribed through iTunes and Stitcher you can do that now, and you can just look under the same name. It's NCN-The Derek Diamond Experience, and it's the same with all the other shows on the Nerd Cave Network as well. But moving on to our guest this week, this is actually someone who I met through Twitter, and her name is Jennifer Nicole Stang, and I met her because she followed my film page on Twitter, which, if you want to follow it, it's at UFP underscore productions. And I saw that she followed me and I'm like, well, this is pretty cool because I noticed she lived in Los Angeles and she had started her own production company. So I checked out her website and after about five seconds, I was thinking I've got to get her on the podcast. And she was gracious enough to accept the invite to do an interview. And we had a really nice conversation about her growing up in Argentina and several other places. And she moved a lot at an early age. And her getting involved in the performing arts, film, singing, and it's it's a very interesting story. And one thing that we touched on that I think was really cool is that she has worked both behind the scenes and in front of the camera uh, with acting. And that's helped her gain a greater appreciation for the film process as a whole. And I, I've always thought that Anyone who wants to get into the film industry should do that. They should work behind the camera. They should work in front of the camera. That way you can have an understanding and an appreciation for what that other person does and you just don't make an assumption on what they're going through or what their mindset is. So that was a lot of fun and I think this was a great interview to kick off 2015 and we will get to that conversation with Jennifer Nicole Stang in just a second. But first, I want to talk about the Unicorn Wranglers and the release of their brand new album, Murder Mystery Night. It has 10 brand new tracks, including their new single, Carne Asada, and Twin Peaks, which happens to be the theme song of the Derek Diamond Experience. Murder Mystery Night is available now on iTunes, Amazon, Google Music, and Spotify. And don't forget to check them out on social media. Like them on Facebook. Their Twitter and Instagram handles are at uwranglers. And last but not least, check out their website, unicornwranglers.com. And we're back here on the Derek Diamond Experience with my very special guest this week, uh, filmmaker, singer, master of languages, I don't know anything that she can't do. We have Miss Jennifer Nicole Stang on the line. Jennifer, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. I was looking at your uh, website right before we started recording and I was like, wow, she can do pretty much anything. She is easily the most talented person I've ever had on this show. Well, that's too kind. I certainly do what I can. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So where where are you calling us from? I'm calling you from L.A. Sweet. How, how long have you been out in L.A.? I've been here for about, I'd say, five years, maybe almost six. Cool, cool. What, what is, what's it like out in L.A.? I, I personally have never been, so how would you describe L.A.? Hmm. L.A. is an interesting place. I think it took me... Um, a while to get used to it. I mean, I moved around a lot when I was young, um, so I'm always used to adapting to different places fairly easily, but LA has been quite a challenge because it's kind of, everyone kind of lives in their own bubble, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, because you have to drive everywhere, it's so spread out that, you know, at times it can be very isolating, or at least feel that way. Um, So I think, you know, and you do see, I guess in LA, um, there are a lot of different kinds of people, and uh, it's never a dull moment, that's for sure. 
Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I've, I listen to several podcasts that are based out of L.A., and they talk about how busy everything is. And the, the one common thing I always hear is the traffic is terrible. It is so bad. <laughs> but it, uh, it actually helped me to be patient on the road, which is weird. I can see but, that. Yeah. It's like, well, you just accept it and then enjoy music or whatever. So can't say I'm like that all the time, but... You know, most of the time, I'm, it's, yeah, I've gotten more patient. So that's, that's interesting. <laughs> you got to look at the positives with everything. Absolutely. So you said you traveled around a lot when you were younger. You're originally from Argentina, correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I was born there. And uh, then I lived in England, um, Canada, all over kind of Ontario, and then um, moved to Philadelphia, stayed there. Uh, some years, and then moved to Spain, and then moved back to the UK, and then Los Angeles. That's a lot of traveling. It is a lot of traveling. I actually miss it. I wish I could travel more. Yeah, that that's something that I've wanted to do for a long time, but I've just never really had the opportunity to. But what what was it like? Uh, well, I guess, how old were you when you moved from Argentina? Oh, I was really young, a couple years old. Um, oh, okay. So I don't very much. Uh, but I did grow up with some of the culture, um, a lot of the music, and I do speak Spanish. Um, although my accent's a bit of a mix because I, I really kind of um, became more fluent when I lived in Spain. Uh, but um, yeah, so uh, yeah, Argentina was where I was born. My mom is Dutch and my dad is French Canadian German. Um, so I grew up in an English speaking household but mm-hmm. European household because of my mom. So, yeah. So what what was it like, or I guess from what you can remember, uh, living yeah. in places like Argentina, England, and Spain compared to the United States? Like how, how different is the culture between all of those places and the United States? Oh, it's, it's completely different. Um, uh, you know, each and every country has a very specific, you know, culture, uh, I don't, I don't even know where I'd begin. Um, I definitely know that, you know, there were some things that I said, you know, like, you know, basic things I said that were kind of Canadian-isms, and people would look at me in the States like I was an alien or something, or, you know, have a funny accent or say funny things. And it's it's actually, um, I think it, it is helpful. I'm, I'm very grateful that I was able to travel so much because I was, especially in Spain, I, I lived in Seville, which is in Andalusia. And there in that town in particular is like a, a big college town. So you meet a lot of people from Russia and Japan. Um, one of my good friends uh, is uh, from Lebanon. And, you know, there are some things that I would do that in her culture wasn't necessarily, I wouldn't say appropriate, not maybe that strong of a word, but, you know, there were some, everyone has a different way of expressing themselves. I, I think I remember once, someone mentioned, you know, my English kind of, you know, turned into Spanish and I would speak Spanish as I was kind of thinking, kind of using Englishisms. And I would say, I think a lot. And my, my friend from Lebanon said, why do you keep saying that? Why do you say, I think this, just say, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And someone explained to her that I was being polite. So I think, I don't know if that's an English thing or a Canadian thing or what, but, um, there are definitely different kind of ways of expressing oneself. And I think what's really fun is that every culture has different hand gestures and ways of exp- expressing themselves. Um, so each and every one's very different. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> that, that's I'm actually really jealous of the fact that you've gotten to travel to all these different places. That's, that's just awesome. But what um, what were some of your interests uh, growing up? Because I, I know on your bio it says that you got into uh, performing arts. Was that something that you were into at a very young age? Like what what kind of things were you into? You know, growing up, maybe like when you were younger. Yeah, well, I um, I was I thought I would grow up to be a ballet dancer, and I started ballet when I was three and a half years old. Um, I studied. Uh, I was in this pre Olympic program for gymnastics and figure skating. And they uh, asked me, well, you know, you have to choose um, 
between the three, you know, because you have to be serious about one or the other, you know, it was time to choose. And I really didn't like figure skating because I was so cold. The rinks in Canada are freezing. It's not like the States. They're actually really cold. And, um, <laughs> and gymnastics, I would bruise myself. I really didn't enjoy it. So I, I picked dance. That was, you know, my favorite thing. And then I got very serious about it um, already at a young age. I was very serious about it. And, um, and then I, uh, I auditioned for and got into the National Ballet of Canada in Toronto when I was 10. And, um, yeah, I just kind of, I kind of was, you know, born into, um, a family that supported, um, doing these sort of extracurricular activities. And I also studied piano as well, classical piano. So yeah, I had a lot of interests, uh, from an early age. And so I think I just started like with ballet, you know, we would perform at least once a year. So I got the experience of working in a theater and I just loved it. Everything about it, I just loved. So I kind of started pretty much right away. That's awesome. So going to music, um, what made you want to get into music? Because I know you, you actually have a single on iTunes that I listened to and it was very good. Uh, what, what made you want to get into music? Um, well, you know, I think because I had studied classical piano when I was young, um, I think when I became a teenager, I was, well, I was around 11 or 12. Um, I think sometimes I wouldn't want to practice, so I would come up with my own melodies. Um, and then I realized I kind of enjoyed songwriting. I, I enjoyed the whole idea of putting, you know, uh, a package together, you know, of, of the lyrics and, and melody and verses and choruses and um I started you know I think when I was 12 started songwriting when I was 12 and then um I was encouraged uh when I was in Philadelphia um by those around me to continue songwriting and I worked with a producer um for a while and started performing and I thought that that was very satisfying at the time um but of course uh, later, I found that it wasn't enough. So, and it, what was so hard for me, I think, was I couldn't really focus on music, acting, or dance because I loved them all so much. And I think that's why I enjoy filmmaking so much because I do get to write music. You know, I get to write the soundtrack. Um, you know, I get to act from time to time, and I get to put a whole product together, which is why I love directing. And I think, I think so. I finally found my way. At first, I was really lost. I thought, well, I love doing all these things. How do I, you know, you know, everyone's telling me I have to choose one or the other, and it was very difficult. So um, I'm kind of, oh, sorry, that was the door that just closed. Um, so I'm very, uh, very, you know, grateful that I found something that I can kind of enjoy different aspects of. You know, in filmmaking, there's so many uh, different aspects of you know, putting a film together. So I get to kind of do different things, which is what I really enjoy. I noticed that whenever I watched some of your short films that it would say you directed, produced, wrote the soundtrack, and seeing that you can do all these things, that that was something that was really impressive to me, that one person can kind of, you know, put all of that on their plate and be able to accomplish all of it and usually when someone does something like that, one of the aspects of it is lacking. But with what I watched, I, I didn't see any of that. I, I thought, you know, the soundtrack was good. Everything was shot really well. And everything was just good. So Thank that, you. That's, that's, that's really awesome. impressive. That's really Thank impressive. Uh, what, what was it that made you get into the film industry? Um, you know, I always loved... Acting. I had studied acting when I was a teenager, kind of performed a little bit here and there when I was a kid. Um, and I was studying um, here in Los Angeles, and I wanted to get into the union as an actor. And so uh, we, my brother and I and a friend of ours, we put a, a short film together that was, it wasn't very good. It was, um, we wrote it in about five minutes. Um, it was a short little comedy and, uh, I realized during the whole process that I loved getting certain shots and, um, I just loved the whole experience of, of filmmaking and capturing certain moments. And I think what's so interesting is that on stage, you know, 
you have to radiate to such a, a large group of people and you're getting so much back. But I find that even though, you know, on camera, it's, it's a similar experience except it's, you know, a smaller focus. Right. And right. I really like that quiet, intense, you know, focus. And uh, that's why I, I kind of got into it. And, um, and there are so many opportunities as well. I mean, you know, here in Los Angeles, there, there's some theater, but it's mostly, mostly film. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. uh, I just kind of, you know, went down that path and then I found I, I really enjoyed it. So yeah, it was kind of a natural process really. I'm not sure if you feel the same way coming from a theater background as well, but some of my previous guests that have done both film and theater, they say that with theater you have to you know, use your body a lot more to express yourself like through movement, but with film you don't have to do that as much. Do you feel the same way? That's exactly right. Yeah, exactly. With the theater you get to express more fully um, physically, um, but... Uh, I think Michael Caine said something about, you know, all you, you don't do anything when you act for film. You just breathe mm -hmm. and feel it. And I think that's exactly right. And I think it's, it's really fun seeing someone come from a theater background to, to film. I actually feel that, you know, those with a theater background tend to perform, uh, you know, very well for the, for the camera because the training is, you know, ingrained and, you know, they've become very sharp as actors. So I think it's actually very beneficial for those to work in theater as well. And of course, to know the difference, it takes time to feel comfortable in front of the camera and to know how much to move and, you know, hit your marks and all of that. And, and, uh, you know, may maybe not make weird faces. I'm sure I did that at first, but, um, <laughs> You know, it just, uh, it takes some time, but, um, yeah, I think doing both is very beneficial for yeah. actors. Yeah, every, yeah, everyone I know that has done both said that, you know, doing theater was very beneficial when it came to acting in front of the camera. So you mentioned studying acting. Are, are there were, were there any, like, certain actors or actresses that you studied? Ooh, you know, yes. I mean, I, well, um, I really loved, I, I really love watching um, a lot of the uh, English actors, um, Maggie Smith, uh, David Suchet, uh, you know, Ian McKellen. Um, I think I really, and Kate Blanchett, I really, really love watching her. And I, I really, I think I really soaked soaked in their performances when I was growing up. And I think there was something unconscious or subconscious that, you know, made me think, oh, that would be a great thing to do to act is because I was, I so enjoyed their performances. And, um, yeah. And then there's Annette Benning. She's an incredible American actress. There, there are so many good actors. Um, it's, it's hard to, to pick just a few. That's pretty much what everyone else says whenever I ask them to. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what what were some of the first like film related projects that you worked on? Um, let's see. Actually, I was a part of a pilot, and I was oh, the nice. pregnant, as I tend to be in in the the early kind of projects that I I did. I was always a pregnant girlfriend for some reason, and um, interesting. Yeah. And, uh, so they shot this pilot. It was kind of like a, it was like a thriller action, um, kind of like, uh, I think Ninja Assassins kind of a, a, a pilot. And I was really excited. We had a lot of fun shooting it. And then all of the footage got destroyed. And, oh no. <laughs> which is such a shame. I remember the producer calling me and telling me, we actually cut off when I was like, no, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, he, uh, that, that was a shame, but, um, let's see what else. I think I was part of a couple web series. I was definitely trying out a lot of different things in the beginning, but, um, that was one, unfortunately that never made it to the screen. Um, my first production with my, my company was, uh, early bird, which was a comedy, um, which I was in. That's one of uh, the ones I watched. Yeah, that was good. Did you? Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it was funny. We, uh, we got, yeah, we had to, it was about 17 minutes and we had it, had to cut it down to seven because it was so boring. And so we had to figure out a better, that's why I love editing. You know, you can make a better film, mm-hmm. but it was fun because that was my first venture into filmmaking and it was something silly and it was really fun. And that, that was what got us into the union, that film. So nice. It was really fun, actually. It was a blast to make. And unfortunately, we had Rob Campbell in it, um, who played a cop, who played a stripper cop in that. And he was excellent. <laughs> uh, Rob Campbell has been in, you know, The Crucible and uh, The Rabbit Hole. You know, he's been in, in everything. And uh, I worked with him at South Coast Rep, and he was nice enough to do this project with us. And unfortunately, we had to cut his scene. And he was so good. So maybe we'll find, but I don't think, see, we, I think we lost some footage as well. So I don't know if we can bring that back up, but I'll have to do a long version, a director's cut one day. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. It's, it's unfortunate when you have to cut stuff like that from a project for the sake of time. It's, yeah. it's pretty heartbreaking. Um, <laughs> preparing for a film, since you've done both, on-camera and off-camera things. Is there any difference in preparation between preparing, like, say, for an acting role or preparing, like, as a director or as a producer? Yeah, it's a very different mindset. I think, you know, I think I stress out the night before, you know, whether I'm preparing for an acting role or, you know, directing something. But I think as a director, you're thinking about, you're trying to stay creative, but you do have, well, I guess... For me, as a director, I do a lot of, you know, technical. I work on the technical side as well with the DP and um, uh, what have you. So you're thinking about a lot of different things and uh, and even stressing stressing out about the location and if everyone's going to show up on time. And, you know, little – I think usually producers worry about that. But for some reason, I worry about it as a director because I guess it is my project and I'm, I'm hoping everyone – you know, we'll jump on board and that things will run smoothly and that we, you know, can have footage at the end of the day. So I think as a director, it's a very different mindset. And I think as an actor, you're constantly in your own world and you really have to keep that focus even on set. And I think it's very much all encompassing um, as an actor, uh, the, the role and preparing for it. Um, but at the same time, I think it's healthy to prepare so much, not to over-prepare as an actor. I think it's mostly thinking about the character, living in the world, thinking about, you know, your relationships uh, in, you know, within the film. And so, yeah, I think it's just a bit of a different mindset. And as for when I direct and act at the same time, uh, it's a little stressful, but I find um, I, I do have to kind of jump in uh, acting wise and just kind of have to go for it and then say cut <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I say cut myself and you know it can be depending on how challenging it is I think for something like the dream series it's more of a piece you know there's not you're not acting and you know kind of working out as an actor with someone else uh, so it's that that was pretty easy because there's you know just a lot of thoughts going through your mind you know there's not a lot of kind of expressing and working with others. Um, but yeah, as an actress, it is, yeah, it's a very different, it's more of a fragile, yeah, more of a fragile thing. Can't quite explain it, but yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Do, you, which do you prefer working behind the camera or in front of the camera? You know, I think I really enjoy directing. I really enjoy being behind the camera because I think when I read a script, I see it in a certain way. Even when I'm reading it as an actor, you know, I, I picture the rooms, I picture the atmosphere. And I think I've always kind of wanted to capture that, you know, atmosphere. I think that's why I like writing soundtrack music is because I just, that's kind of why I love filmmaking is to capture that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's really hard, though, because I love acting as well. But um, both are very, very different. But I, I think I do prefer directing because, you know, you start in the pre-production phase and you work, you know, to, to get something that you're, you know, excited to shoot. And then you, 
you go in and do it and then you get to do the post-production and, or at least, you know, at least I do. Um, and I think that's really exciting seeing where a film takes you because yeah. in post-production it can really change even during production. And that's kind of how I like to work during production is I love to over-prepare and then I go in and, you know, sometimes we get shots that are spontaneous or if something's not working, you do something else in the moment and uh, you just kind of have to let it breathe a bit. And so it changes a little bit sometimes depending on, you know, your original idea of what you're doing. So I think I actually like that um, part of it, seeing kind of where it goes. Right. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um, something that I've actually talked about with uh, some friends of mine who are involved in the local film scene, and I wanted to ask you this since you've done both. Has doing, has making a film from both the actor perspective and the director or behind-the-scenes perspective, has that given you like a bigger appreciation for the process as a whole? Because you've been in the shoes of the actor, you've been in the shoes of the director, the producer, the songwriter. Has that given you a bigger appreciation for the entire filmmaking process. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I actually was on a project. I did craft services for a short film and that gave me a huge, huge appreciation for those that are doing craft services. It is tough work. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. Uh, I'm not kidding. It was, it was rough. And, um, you know, waking up super early before everyone else and, you know, organizing things and, at least for me, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just, the creative stuff is just more interesting or something, but um, I found, you know, working as a PA, you know, doing, being behind the camera, working as a cinematographer, um, that gave me a greater understanding of what I was shooting and how to shoot it and how to capture what I was seeing in my mind. And, you know, being able to speak with a DP about um, certain specific shots, you know, if I'm looking for something. And as an actor, of course, on set gives you an appreciation as to what the actors go through. And um, it's, it's all very, very important. You know, I've, I've held the boom mic. I've done, I've done everything. I've run, I think I was shooting a music video this summer uh, for a band called Royal Jacks. Um, the music video is out now. It's called Hello. And um, we were shooting. I was, I think I was, I was directing. I was producing it. I was, you know, grabbing a bagel for someone, you know, I was, you know, turning the sound on and off, you know, I did whatever I could just to, you know, make the day happen, which was a blast. But, um, when you have someone, you know, there was, uh, one person that, uh, did craft services for us for free for that shoot. And he was so helpful and it was just, you know, you really do appreciate, appreciate it so, so much more. Yeah. I, I have a friend of mine who's been a director for a lot of local stuff that's been uh, shot around here, and he, about a year, year and a half ago, he started taking uh, acting classes, and he said that after the first class, he gained so much more appreciation because now he knows what it's like from the actor's perspective. Mm -hmm. as, As a director, I think it's very important to do that and some other things i watched of yours that i wanted to ask you about uh, you did this little series of videos called the dream series yes the cinematography was just so beautiful thank you it was so good like especially the the one where uh you walked up to a lake and you stopped right at the edge of it and you just see this wide shot of the lake and i was showing it to a friend of mine who works in production as well and we we spent several minutes like dissecting that entire shot because there was so much that was in it from the water. You could see the bubbles on the water. You could see the leaves in the background on the trees, some little foliage on the ground. You had some logs. And it, it was just nature stuff to me looks so great. It's it's yeah, it's like the ultimate airbrush. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And then I and then I looked at the end credits and saw that you used a, a red camera and I'm like, I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> the red is great. I oh really, yeah, yeah. I um, started with the the red epic and then updated my camera to the dragon. Um, so now it's even more filmy. And which one were you watching? Because there are two with 
lake in it. There's the lake, and then there's um, the clouds with the little girl. That was it. It was the clouds. That was the one. Yes. Yo, I think we shot... We shot... Okay. No, that was still the epic, I believe. Yeah, that was still the epic, but we used ZNR three lenses, which were amazing. Um, So that that was a really fun one to do. Actually, the water in that... I like it took me hours to get that water to be blue because it was brown originally. Really? Yeah. I did the color work for that. I was um, grading it. And uh, yeah, I had to go around the rocks, you know, cut around it so the rocks weren't blue. And that one was a bit of a challenge, I have to say. Yeah. yeah. Color grading can be can be very frustrating sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it, it turned out great. But what, what gave you the, I guess, the inspiration to do that? that series you know i started with the lake um and that went around the festival circuit and that was kind of i wrote that kind of stream of consciousness i wasn't planning on doing a series um or any other episodes of any kind but it was just kind of a stream of consciousness thing i wanted to start um you know doing little shorts with my production company and getting my feet wet you know with the camera so I, I started with that one. I thought, well, this is short. You know, I have an idea for a location. You know, we went there. It was like a two-day shoot. Um, and then, well, it could have been one day, but the first day was just a complete, like the weather was crazy. So, um, But we started with that, and then it went around the festival circuit. And I thought, you know, it's really interesting to think about one person's perspective, you know, in dreams. I think it's it's interesting to talk about different things and it's honestly, it's a great platform for playing around visually mm-hmm. just to see what you, you gather because um, that one I wrote first, but the gypsy, the fourth one, I, we actually went out, it was just my brother and I, we went around town and we shot different things. I had a, an extremely loose idea of what that would be about. And then I wrote it afterwards after piecing together the visuals so it's just kind of a great platform to try to try out different things. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Whenever I read uh what the series title was, I'm thinking this is going to be a lot of visual stuff and it it all looked it looked really good. It looked very very good. Uh so what what gave you the idea to start your own production company because you've mentioned it a couple of times, but what exactly is it and what gave you the idea to start it? Sure. Well, um, the production company that I have, um, we we mostly uh, do music videos and short films and provide some rental equipment, mostly our you know camera and lenses and a bit of lighting. Um, but what I've how I started that company was I wanted to uh, jump in. I wanted to get into the union, and I thought the best way to put yourself out there as an actor is to create a production company and then, you know, create things with friends that you can, you know, act in together and have fun with. Um, Also because I, you know, all of us that were, you know, up and coming, we all needed a reel uh, since we were mostly uh, based in theater. And so I thought, well, you know, this is a great way to kind of start something, you know, do a few projects. And it ended up just being, what I ended up kind of focusing on, which was so cool. You know, I, I went away from the acting side a little bit and got into filmmaking because I found it so interesting. So that's kind of um, how that started. I thought, well, you know, I, I need to get out there and um, as an actor. And so I, I you know, uh, uh, got an LLC and kind of started from there. And then things just developed very naturally. And uh, how did you come up with the name of the production company, which is uh, Heart Anchor Productions? Yeah, that was funny. I actually had a different name to, uh, a day before we kind of signed the contract with the, with our lawyer. And um, it was in Spanish, and I realized that people were having trouble pronouncing it. And so I had to think of something very quickly. And um, I thought of a dream I had about this. Uh, it was kind of a very... Um, unusual dream about a girl traveling in a city with this heart anchor and she was trying to get somewhere and to put this, this object. Um, 
you know, to kind of settle, I guess, it was sort of the meaning of the, the dream was to find a place to settle. And, and But she had this object, and it was very unusual. And in the dream, it was a heart anchor. And um, so it, at the time, it was in Spanish, and I thought, you know, I'll just make it in English. And then, and then we just kind of uh, named the company that, Heart Anchor Productions. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So what, what are some projects you're working on currently? Um, currently, I'm in post-production for a fifth episode of the Dream Series. It's called The Rain. And this one's really exciting because we used a lot of green screen. Um, it actually green screen's green fun. Screen. Yeah, it was a blast. It was the first time I worked with green screen. So, um, you know, I finished editing. Uh, we're working on CGI currently and soundtrack. So... It's, it's pretty exciting um, working on that, and I'm also working on, I'm in pre-production for a feature at the oh, moment. Cool. Yeah. So we're just doing final kind of uh, edits with the script, and so it's been really exciting. So that'll be a horror film, psychological horror. And uh, so that's been really fun, and I, I've written the script myself. So, yeah, it should be really exciting. Yeah, writing's a lot of fun. It is. Yeah, it really is. That just just getting to sit there and you know, you get you create everything that happens, exactly. and that that's it's so fun. Um, something that I meant to bring up about the dream series, the one that we were talking about called the clouds. Who was yeah. the little girl that was in that? Uh, that that is Livy Steubenrosh. She is the voice of young Anna from Disney's Frozen, and just um, a little known movie called frozen just, it's this tiny little blip of yeah. a film it, it made it it made a dollar or two <laughs> and um actually at the time she told me she was in it and i was like oh that's great like i i had no idea that it was a film that it was big i was completely out of the loop i don't know how but i i was anyway but um i we auditioned a bunch of little girls for that role and she was the first um first little actress to send in uh, a video um, of her audition and she stood out right away. She was very playful and professional, but also, you know, had a quiet sort of wisdom to her. She just had so many kind of layers and, and she was, she was just adorable and it was kind of a no brainer. And, uh, so we, um, you know, uh, asked her to be a part of it. And, uh, she was in LA cause she's from Ohio. So she was in LA with her uh, grandmother, just at the right time too. Uh, she had come a week before, a week or two before we shot, uh, shot the uh, the clouds, and uh, she came in and did that. And she was she was the easiest actress, you know, ever to to direct. I didn't I didn't That's tell awesome. her to do anything. She was amazing, and she was so focused. She really wanted to do a good job, you know. She was like, "Oh, is this my mark?" And she got all excited, and she was so cute. She was so sweet. That's impressive. Yeah, that, that really is. Like I, I read that in the description, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's impressive." But it's funny because I haven't actually seen that movie, but I know how big it is. I have a two-year-old yeah. cousin who absolutely loves it, watches it probably like four <laughs> times a day, or so my aunt tells me. But no, that's that's really cool. Um, you mentioned uh, this is more of like a personal curiosity kind of question with regards to uh, music videos. What's it like to make a music video or is there any different preparation that goes into that as opposed to short films or feature films? Because I, I personally have never done a music video before. So what, what's that like? Music videos are really fun because one, you're not stressed out about the audio. If you're, you know, you True. have any, you know, uh, things that go wrong on set or I know you know, a lot of times you do ADR work anyway, but that's a lot of extra work um, mm -hmm. So, and that you worry about. And then for music videos, you just play with a lot of visuals and you think of a cool concept. And, you know, in most cases, I've had to think of a concept that I can do, kind of use cheap locations or locations we don't pay for to do it. So you have to, it really challenges your mind to think of different ways of conveying um you know, the right feeling for the song. I did a music video for a band called Way Jose uh, from San Francisco, based out of San Francisco. And the, uh, I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, it's 
it's on the internet somewhere, but um, it's called Broken. And it was such an interesting song because there are so many different parts to it. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be a real challenge. How do I do this? And uh, I just kind of broke it down. And actually, I sat with it for about a month, just kind of trying to, you know, visualize it and uh, try to intuit what the, you know, you know, what the group was trying to do with it and to really see what it was and then kind of think about the visuals from there. So I really try in music videos to be true to, you know, the genre, but the song and what it's about. And then hopefully, you know, I try not to make, you know, an idea too obvious. You know, if they're talking about, you know, a girlfriend or something, I don't kind of always necessarily put a girlfriend in there or, right. you know, I try to kind of play with the, the different feelings within the song. And I think it's a great challenge and, and it's, it's been a blessing to do so many music videos uh, in such a short period of time uh, because I just get to experiment and I get to, you know, work on my craft and, and uh, see what I can do with the next one and make it better and better. So, and also I've done, you know, different genres, which has been really fun. So another challenge. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, a couple more things I wanted to ask you. Uh, first, being, you know, you're obviously a fan of film because you're involved with it. Uh, what what are some of your favorite movies that can be like movies you watched growing up or some that maybe have came out recently that you really liked? Oh, no. This is the hardest question. <laughs> hardest question. Um, I think it, Isn't it always? It is. Because also, you know, I see a film and I'm like, oh, that's one on my top five. And it always changes constantly. But I can say for sure... Um, Rebecca, uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca is a beautiful, um, just a gorgeous film. I haven't film. seen that one. It's very suspenseful. It's eerie. It's just so beautifully done. I'm very much into psychological thrillers and horror, so it's uh, just beautifully done. Um, Rebecca is excellent. Um, Gandhi was done beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, the Gift, actually. I think The Gift is a, an exceptional film. Um, with Kate Blanchett. I think it's exceptional. Um, oh my gosh. Do I have to name a bunch? This oh no, no, you don't have to. <laughs> um, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot with that one, but it, it's <laughs> with, with, with people that are in film, it's a question that, you know, I always have to ask, like, which ones do you like as a fan? So, yeah. but no, yeah. I'll, I'll have to, I'm definitely interested Fifth in that. Too. Fifth Element is awesome. Oh yeah. I love that movie. Original Star Wars films, um, you know, the first three I grew up with and, you know, Indiana Jones as well. So, you know, I love, I love, you know, the big blockbuster action adventure films. And I also love sort of indie, you know, thoughtful pieces as well. I think actually Sideways is a fantastic film. Um, and uh, Midnight in Paris is brilliant as well. I, there are so many. I could kind of <laughs> sit here and think of a bunch. But anyway, those are a few. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm definitely interested in seeing that uh, Alfred Hitchcock film. I, what I'll do is I'll actually watch it before this episode comes out, and I'll review it on my intro. Oh, cool! Yeah, I, cool. I, I like yeah, I, I like I like Alfred Hitchcock. He's really Me good. Too. Me too. And then, if you could give one piece of advice to someone who wants to say get into film or acting, songwriting, music, or even theater, what's one piece of advice you could give them? Well, I think the only piece of advice I could give, because everyone does have a different path, is to really listen to yourself and to follow your heart. Because, you know, people will say different things along the way, like, oh, acting is so hard, or, you know, they'll say, well, you're really suited to this. Like, you know, I've been told that, you know, you don't have a mind for this industry. You're too, you know... Uh, you're too delicate or something. And I, I think, well, yeah, but I enjoy the creative side, you know? And, and, uh, so I think, you know, people will tell you different things and have different opinions about what you should do. And, uh, you just follow, follow your instincts. And, uh, that's really all I can say about it. And just to do everything with passion and, um, and sincerity and, uh, I think that that's the other thing. I mean, filmmaking, what's so different about filmmaking as opposed to, at least for me, you know, songwriting or, 
or simply acting is that filmmaking, you work with so many people, you know, you need to be kind to every single person around you. You need to know how to work with mm -hmm. everyone um, you're with. And you, you know, you can't be difficult. You can't make, you know, someone have a bad day just because you're in a bad day. You know, you're in a bad mood for some reason. You have to, you know, always be, you know, always be thoughtful of, of others. So, yeah, I would say that as well is always good. You know, treat everyone as how you'd like to be treated. And, yeah. Yeah, I, a guy I know, he gave me two very good pieces of advice. He works at a local television station here. He said, one, be passionate about your job, and two, don't be a jerk. There you go. <laughs> because it, he said it can really be the difference between you, you know, getting a job and not getting a job. Exactly. It's very true. And, you know, it's surprising how small the industry really is. Everyone's connected. It, it still amazes me. I'm like, oh, you've worked with such and such. You know, what a shocker. You know, everyone, everyone is so, you know, it's so interconnected and it's smaller than you realize. And, you know, you know, there are people I've worked with that I won't work with again because, you know, they had a bad attitude. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if someone asks me, oh, how about this person? Well, I'll tell them what I think, you know. And if they were, you know, did their job well or if they're going to be, you know, difficult to deal with, you have to, you know, let others know if they're asking. So, you know, I think it does get around. And um, yeah, but I, you really, you know, I think a lot of people, the problem with L.A. is that people are fake about it. They try to be nice all the time and it comes off fake because they know that that's how to get work. And that's not how to get work. You, you know, you just be a genuine person. Um, you don't try to be genuine or try to be nice to someone just to get something. You know, I think you just, you just are. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think there's a difference there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then the last thing, do you have any uh, social media or sites you'd like to plug? Yeah, sure. Um, you can find me on Twitter at L-A underscore Y-E-N-I. That's La Yeni. That's my nickname. Um, you can find me there or Layeni on Instagram. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Jennifer Nicole Stang. Um, I'm kind of out there on pretty much pretty much every social media site. Cool. Well, yeah. thank you for stopping by the show. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was a blast. Thanks so much for having me. Big thank you to Jennifer Nicole Stang for coming on the show for that really fun conversation. And next week, we will continue our look into the world of filmmaking with filmmaker Kurtz Frausen, so you'll definitely want to tune in for that one. And don't forget, you can find all our shows on the Nerd Cave Network. You have the Nerd Cave Podcast on Tuesday, you have Fist of Monkey on Wednesday, and of course, the Derek Diamond Experience on Thursday. And you can follow us on Twitter at Nerd Cave Network. But that's all I have, so enjoy your New Year's Day, enjoy your weekend, and we will see you guys next Thursday. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.